Helen Binney didn't consider herself memorable. She was too small and middle-aged and ordinary. Her best physical feature, healthy, clear skin, ranked right up there with nice personality, as the sort of description that really meant there was nothing particularly striking about the person's appearance. Even though Helen had once wielded considerable power as the wife of the governor of Massachusetts, she'd done it from behind the scenes, where only a few political insiders knew about her involvement. No one else, from the press to the general public, had ever recognized her as anything other than a prop in her ex-husband's portrayals of himself as a devoted husband. Ambrose Tate, her garage tenant, lawyer, and friend, was her exact opposite. All he had to do was walk into a room, or, like now, stand at his lathe in beat-up jeans and a flannel shirt, wearing safety goggles and ear protection, and pretending he didn't know he was being observed. And no one would ever forget meeting him. It wasn't just his appearance, although being tall and lean probably helped. And at 51, he could lay claim to looking distinguished. His appeal wasn't even entirely due to his charming conversational skills, since he was memorable even when he was grumbling at people to leave him alone, so he could enjoy his wood-turning in peace, if not in quiet. Despite his recent admission that Helen kept his life interesting, today Tate was ignoring her to work on yet another batch of lamp stems. Presumably, they were Christmas gifts although she thought everyone in his substantial extended family already had several of the lamps, he was becoming almost as good at making as he'd once been at getting acquittals in criminal trials. Helen hesitated briefly at the thought of getting her black pants and brand-new cobalt-blue tailored blazer covered in sawdust, but it was either that or remain standing on a concrete floor that seemed designed to irritate her lupus-affected joints. She could always brush the sawdust off later. She draped the strap of her small purse on the arm of one of the three ratty director's chairs that were intended to discourage visitors from staying for long. Further incentive to leave Tate alone was the chill in the air from the unusually early and cold winter, which the space heaters in the garage studio couldn't entirely dispel. Helen wasn't that easily discouraged. She had about half an hour to kill before her driver would come to take her to the library, and there was nothing like baiting Tate to calm her pre-event nerves. She climbed up onto the dusty director's chair and waited for Tate to acknowledge her. She tuned out the screech of the lathe and tried to figure out what was causing the nagging feeling that she'd forgotten something important for today's event at the library. Her ability to remember the myriad of little details that went into carrying off everything from a dinner with diplomats to a major fundraiser had been a huge asset in her career as a politician's wife. She'd been counting on that skill to carry her through her next career, too, once she found an activity she could devote herself to in the same way she'd once devoted herself to running the governor's mansion. Lately, though, she hadn't been able to remember anything, from her grocery list to the pattern for a crocheted chemo cap that she'd used often enough that she should have memorized it. She hated the way her body was failing her at an accelerated pace. 
thanks to the lupus that attacked her joints and limited her physically in ways that were more characteristic of someone in her sixties than someone in her forties. And now it seemed that her mind was betraying her too. She'd intended to discuss the memory lapses with her nurse during a routine visit a couple of days ago, but Rebecca Granger had been determined to update her computer records with all sorts of arcane information about Helen and wasn't interested in answering any questions herself. Tate finally reached a stopping point, turned off the lathe, and removed his eye and ear protection. Found another body? Not yet, Helen said. Found another customer for your hand-turned lamps? If I make them, they will come. Tate shrugged. If not, I'll sell the lamps online. Like Jack? His clay figures are in so much demand right now that he doesn't even have time to drive for me.